You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, where you will meet entrepreneurs, cultivators, inventors, creators, and leaders in the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, a publicist and marketer in the cannabis industry. Thinking about regulations is the least sexy part of the cannabis industry, says CEO Marion Maria Thaisen of Simplifya. But it's necessary for cannabis businesses to use compliance tools to stay one step ahead of regulators. We discuss the repercussions and how easy and cost-effective it is with tools like Simplifya. We talk about their challenges, partnerships, and the work they're doing with regulators and banks in preparation for national legalization. Let's meet Marion. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Great. Yeah, no, I'm actually really excited kind of, you know, to talk about, talk to you about, you know, regulations in the cannabis industry. And it's just something I never really talk about. So I'm, I'm, I really am. I really want to learn today and understand it. So I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, well, we joke, it's the least sexiest thing in the industry, but it's, it's a, it's a necessity. But yeah. So, um, I guess if we'll just start out with, if you could just give everyone an overview of Simplify, uh, who it serves, the problems you're solving in the cannabis industry, and then we can dive into the questions. Yeah. (laughs) Well, first off, thanks for having me on the show, Pam. Uh, Glad to be here. Uh, So, uh, my name is Marion. I am the CEO and co-founder of Simplify. Simplify has been now operating since 2016. Um, We're the leading regulatory and operational compliance company. And so what does that mean? Our our primary client that we started serving were the license operators. So early on, we understood that, um, you know, this is going to be a fast moving industry that's going to require, you know, having, you know, being it uh, heavily regulated. Uh, we needed to find uh, an efficient, cost-effective way to help operators stay uh, compliant, right, to all the moving regulations. And and we always say at Simplify, the the most valuable asset a licensed operator has is their license to operate. And so maintaining that license and preserving that license is a key element, I think, to their well-being and success. So uh, Simplify started off, as I said earlier, with uh, serving the licensed operators and uh, we have a core product, what we call core, uh, which is a self-audit tool that has SOP uh, built into it, as well as a, what we call a smart cabinet. So it's a kind of a three-pronged approach in this one product. But the, the essence of what the core product does is if you're a licensed operator, call it here in Denver, Colorado, and you're a dispensary, and you have a medical and recreational license, you go into Simplify, you put in your license information, and it auto-generates uh, a checklist broken down by category. So from accounting, books and records, all the way down to waste management, that you walk through your facility, you have a tablet app, a mobile app, and a web app. You walk through your facility, do the audit. So Simplify's name comes from the fact that uh, literally we, we aim to simplify the regulations down to a 12th grade reading level, and we convert them into a yes or no question. So you walk through your facility, answer these yes or no questions. At the end of that audit, it spits out a report that says, here's where you're compliant, here's where you're not compliant. And for those areas of non-compliance, we give them remediation uh, items to how to fix those areas of non-compliance with the, you know, the governing body that published that regulation, including the citation number, the entire uh, gamut is there so that they can reference and, and understand what's going on. <clears throat> and then, as I mentioned, we also 
we're a reg tech company. So half of our team are lawyers and policy folks and the other half are engineers. So they will take regulations, extrapolate from the regulations and create standard operating procedures based on your license type and the state that you're in. So it's all provided for the operator. Um, and, and so that's another key component to what the product brings. And then the smart cabinet is essentially a cheat sheet that tells you all the different moving parts and applications that you have to stay on top of when you have to renew it. Uh, we also have a license tracker module built into that that tells you, you know, from fire extinguishers to your licenses, tracks just about anything and everything that you need to stay on top of. So the, the core focus of this product is to streamline uh, license operators, you know, all these moving parts and to, and to make it very easy and, and manageable. Um, so our clients range from, uh, you know, Cureleaf to big MSOs all the way down to, you know, small mom and pop operators. Um, so whether you have a large compliance team or no compliance team, uh, Simplify's tool helps you uh, stay on top of all those, you know, ever-changing tasks, really. Right. I was I was thinking um, it must be very helpful um, in the beginning stages of, of the application process. I'm sure yes. you have to be very detailed in, in all those regulations yes. and how you're going to be handling them. And is that where you start working with a lot of people? That yeah, they so that's a, good, that's a great question, Pam. So we do have a lot of folks that write Simplify into their application process to actually uh, help them win the licenses, right? Because I think oftentimes uh, folks want to know the people that are reviewing the application, what are you going to do for operational compliance? And so when they Simplify has not been around long enough, I think most of the people that review these applications know about Simplify. So they, so license or people that are looking to win a license actually do build us into that application process. And, and one thing to note here is that, so I think the term compliance is very loosely used in the industry because you know everyone says compliance, compliance. And so you have POS compliance, you have seed to sale compliance, and then you have operational compliance, which is what we do. And seed to sale and POS are just small subsets of the, the broader picture of compliance. And so we ingest everything from A to Z versus, you know, people are like, oh, I only have a POS system. Great. That, you know, covers only your POS portion of your compliance uh, area versus, you know, what we do and we provide. Right. That Yeah, that's a big distinction. Of, yes. Yeah, those three. I'm sure it's important in their application process because that's one of the biggest things that can take a company down is not being compliant with, Absolutely. you know, fines and all that. I mean, one of the biggest things that could really take a company yes. down. And and I, I find that there's so many, well, there are so many new entrepreneurs in this space who mm -hmm. don't have the experience, but to come into a business like this, industry like this, is just insanity. Yeah. Of, of what you have to deal with as a first-time entrepreneur. Yes, yes. And there's so many, so many of us, or so many of them in, in this industry, so. Yeah, and it's it's quite daunting. And, you know, every state is very different in the way they regulate it. And um, it's just, there's a lot going on. So, you know, whether you have an extremely smart, um, you know, legal team or not, that's that's the problem. It's, it's just, it's a lot to digest and stay on top of. And especially if you're a multi-state operator where you're trying to, cover a bunch of different locations right right so, right uh, right it, yeah. it's easy to see the the yeah. benefits right of simplify yeah. for sure um so what are some of the i mean i you may have really kind of just said them but what are some of the biggest challenges that your company faces in providing these regulatory solutions um i guess like yeah. the, you said the state to state but is there some other things that you just kind of 
Yeah. So, you know, we, we're now in 29 states or 30 states, one of the two, sorry, forgive me, but I think 29 or 30 states. And um, I think our challenge, you know, over the last six years, we've really kind of, uh, you know, honed in our, on our operations and how we, you know, effectively do what we do. But I think, you know, from, uh, from our standpoint, it's really helping people understand why compliance, especially operational compliance is important. Um, I, I think oftentimes it's kind of a secondary thought uh, for many folks, uh, unless you're, you know, a little bit more, you know, coming from, what do I call it, like the Wall Street type, right, that are much, much more of a risk averse type of uh, folks that are coming into the industry. I think they certainly see the value of it. But I think for the smaller operators, I think it, because they're running 100 miles a minute, they, they, you know, don't think about it as, as much as they should. And so... Um, you know, I think in California, we saw recently, you know, there was a, a fine for an operator of one point, you know, two, four million dollars, right? Because they had broken some rules. And it's so it, it literally can just sink your business, just not only from a, a cost perspective, but if you lose your license, there goes your entire business, right? And and so I think our challenge has been just trying to educate folks to understand, you know, for, you know, Yes, it takes time and some money to ensure that you're compliant from an operational perspective. But if you do that really well, uh, you know, you not only have a more protected business, but when you go to sell your business, a lot of the more sophisticated acquirers are looking to see what sort of governance and compliance efforts have you put in historically, because no one wants to buy that risk either, right? And so it's it's an education process. And I think that's probably the more challenging side of uh, what we do, because again, the joke is it's the least sexiest part of the industry, and but it's it's a necessity. Right, right, yeah, that's perfect tagline. <laughs> but yeah, that was going to be my next question: is how are you convincing this? Because there are so many small businesses, yeah. uh, how to spend this kind of money um, and and you know show the benefits. So yeah, I, I was wondering. I'm sure that's one of your biggest challenges because. Small businesses have small budgets and, you yes. know, they're all trying to do everything themselves and things like that. Well, you know, simplify, you know, we've, we've tried to price this in a very price conscious way, right? So we are a SaaS model. And so it's uh, it's priced at $335 a month per location or facility. Um, so again, it's, you know, it's still way more cost effective than, you know, and not to say like, I think law firms certainly bring a lot of value, but it, it's it's meant to help you minimize your overhead and ensure compliance, right? So we think it's priced pretty pretty, uh, pretty well there. At that price right, point. well, when you consider lawyers are at the very least $500 an hour, right? Or something right, like right. that. Yeah. If you hired someone That's right. for even one hour a month, right. I don't think they can <laughs> right. get that work done. Yeah. Right. So, so right. I guess that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. Okay. So I wonder how your company ensures data security and privacy for your for your customers. Yeah. And you also considered um, technologies like blockchain. So, you know, everything of Simplify is, is uh, hosted in the cloud. There's nothing local. So there's no issue there with uh, data breaches or integrity from a local server perspective. Everything is, you know, multi-encrypted. Um, you know, all the latest technologies in terms of, you know, safeguarding information from, 
even your audit information to your personal business information is all uh, encrypted and, and stored in the cloud. Um, even for Simplify, we actually have zero access from you know, any sort of backend perspective uh, into our client data. Um, and that was designed literally uh, you know, as a point that we were focusing on because we didn't know in early on you know, whether any sort of uh, federal or state authorities would come to us and say, hey, we want to dig into your client's information. And, you know, is there, you know, are we going to have relevant information based on compliance and non-compliance that, you know, could uh, get our clients in trouble? So we didn't even, you know, for, typically software companies that usually have some sort of back backdoor into, you know, data and whatnot. So we did not do that for that very reason. Um, so yeah, you know we're constantly evolving the technology for the latest and greatest, but uh, everything's hosted on Amazon Cloud, and and uh, you know that's a it's a big entity that does their own security protocols. Uh, we certainly go through security testing and go through all sorts of audits ourselves to ensure that all data is uh, you know stored securely. And I, I would imagine that the uh, data security issue and privacy issue probably will be more important uh, when we start working with banks more, uh, yeah. right? Because of the, you know, the money laundering and sure. KYC, you know, your customers, yes. all those things yeah. that they'll request, that they'll require from us. That's why yeah. I was thinking, I've actually wrote an article once about blockchain solutions in the industry mm -hmm. for yeah. that, thinking about the banking and- yes. All that kind of stuff so that's what was bringing that to mind um yeah. so but so as far as the banks are you doing anything differently you know when the time comes that we can uh yeah. work with banks or yeah so let me let me give a little uh background on that so we've been now uh closely working with a few kind of leading banks if you will trying to understand their needs where the gaps are between you know their you know they're kind of know your customer's customer, how they're monitoring, uh, you know, financial flow in and out of the bank. And so right now, Simplify, over time, Pam, we've started building products, not only for banks, but insurance companies, for law firms, consultants. Um, so we've got a range of products for different, different types of people that even serve the license operator, right? And, and so from a banking perspective, we have what's called Simplify Lite that's now being piloted with a few banks and what that does is it you know that audit report i was talking about that comes from the core product instead of all of that information going to the bank they're much more concerned about uh parts of questions that uh, pertain to uh, to um cold memo uh you know the cold memo random that essentially bank regulators are looking for around what banks need to abide by uh, and fincen guidance these are certain areas of what bank regulators want to ensure that when you're banking a cannabis business are adhering to, right? And so that's a different area that now Simplify is getting into to where operators use Simplify's audit tool. And when they send an audit report to the bank, the bank can say, okay, look, you're abiding by these kind of key areas that we're concerned about and that our regulators are concerned about. Um, so that's one way we're starting to work more closely with banks. But then we have another product called Simplify a market guide that's used by 50 plus banks right now. It's kind of a high level uh, snapshot of all the key areas that banks who are 
serving the cannabis industry are concerned about. So from taxation to lending rules to, I mean, just covers a whole lot of different areas. And so that was an entree for us to get a product to bankers that they can use uh, for the industry. And now we've got another product coming in. And so it's- So you're kind of setting the framework and the yes. relationship building with the bank. So when we're ready to roll, you Correct. kind of have all Correct. that in place. Yeah, okay. That yeah, makes and, and we work very closely with, you know, Shield Compliance, which is a FinTech company that's been serving the industry probably just as long as we have. Um, you know, they actually have technology that monitors money, you know, within the bank account that's coming from operators. And and so working hand in hand with those types of uh, tech companies, I think, you know, becomes a one stop good solution for the banker, you know, because, again, highly regulated. So that which is why a lot of banks, you know, still don't play in this space. But now we're trying to give them a little bit more of a, a comfort level of saying, hey, we've got you covered if you want to play in this space. Yeah. Right, right. What kind of partnerships is Simplify? I mean, you're already kind of naming a few, but what yeah. kind of partnerships are you forming in the industry to become yeah. stronger and more? Yeah. So, you know, as we've been, you know, playing in the space for quite some time, you know, one of the elements that we've always thought that's important in terms of foundation in any industry, one is obviously compliance. That's, you know, that's what we're talking about here. But the other part is the banking side. The other side is the insurance side. And then, you know, the, I call it the fourth leg of the stool. And I think that's uh, accounting and taxation, right? If you have these kind of four elements down really well, you set a good foundation for a business to continue to grow without any real risk involved. And so we just about three weeks ago, Pam, we launched what's called Risk Mitigation Alliance, RMA for short. And that is in partnership with, you know, the leading insurance carriers and brokers that have been serving the cannabis industry for quite some time now. Um, and what that's in, kind of designed to do is essentially insurance carriers have said, look, if you use Simplifya, the level of risk is lowered because it is an operational compliance tool. So therefore, if your business from an operational perspective is compliant, they can derive or make a good assumption that you're buttoned up in other areas of your business and therefore your risk profile of your business is uh, lower. And therefore, Risk Mitigation Alliance, two key elements to that, and that is if you use Simplifya, uh, these you know, leading insurance companies will pay for 70% of Simplifya's software, which oh. is pretty big deal, right? Because essentially, yes. yeah, essentially it's saying, it's a way to encourage operators to be compliant. And if they're doing that, then the insurance world, as well as less, rest of the industry actually gets to benefit by saying, look, the, everyone's playing by the rules, you know, for all those people that don't want cannabis to be legal or, you know, that are opposing it. It's, it's a great way to say, we're all compliant. We're doing everything by the rules and therefore this industry should continue to thrive, right? And so first piece again is 70% simplified will be paid for by insurance. The second aspect of it, which is also a really key element, is that that's if you huge. use it is, it is. I think that's a big selling point. <laughs> I, I think so as well, because you know, essentially that 335 that we we're talking about goes down to hundred dollars a month per location. Um, so 235 of those dollars are paid for by these insurance companies, and it just it's a it's a great incentive. And that's exactly what they're looking for, right? To lower the risk of every operator. And then the second aspect is, of it is if you're using Simplify when your policy comes up for renewal, uh, they will actually 
look to give you preferred pricing or even discounts on your premiums. Again, based on the risk profile of every operator. So there's no certain like, oh, you get 5% off or 10% off. It's, and it's not a guaranteed one either, but it just really comes down to the risk profile. And again, what they're looking for is like, how buttoned up are you as an operator? And if you're really well buttoned up, then you know, chances of getting some sort of preferred pricing is, is quite good. So right. that's, yeah. And so that's, that's the latest one. And as I said, uh, you know, Shield uh, Compliance being a FinTech company, we're working very closely with them and their banking partners. Cohen Resnick, uh, one of the big, I think, 10 accounting firms. Uh, we work very closely with them in terms of, you know, how, are, how can we bring them into the fold around this risk mitigation component, right? Because again, tax, accounting, these are all areas of the business that should be extremely, uh, you know, looked at. Um, and then, you know, we have partners like New Frontier Data that, you know, they're always publishing all sorts of data. And so we're always curious as to what's happening as well. And, and we also have, uh, you know, lots of conversations with regulators and government um, across the country, trying to help them, uh, you know, tell them here's our kind of expertise, here's what operators need, and here's how, you know, how we think we can be helpful to you. And so like state of New York, you know, we've had multiple conversations with them because they want to do it, you know, better and better than everyone else, uh, as every oh. state does. <laughs> Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, so I, I think at least uh, the government folks wanting to understand how they can, you know, roll out this program and, you know, help it make it more beneficial for the operators and everyone involved uh, and talking to us, I think, is a, is a great first step. Right. I was going to ask um, how involved you were in advocating for, for the industry. And and yeah. we all know how important it is right now for our lawmakers to understand the industry in general. And like you Absolutely. said before, to be assured that we're trying to do this in a legal. Yeah, in a compliant manner. Yeah. Compliant manner. yeah. So, you know, we work very closely with NCIA. You know, those folks have been around for a long time. I mean, you know, I think they've done a great job trying to, you know, pound the payment saying, hey, look, this is a real industry. We've got a lot of jobs. We've got a lot of tax revenue that's being generated. And, you know, let's get this moving. And, you know, so it's we've got having been around now for six years, Pam, I think that certainly helps us because you know we are recognized and I think people trust us. And so we try and advance the industry everywhere we can at, while serving the industry uh, and all those people that serve. The life right. of operators, right? So, right. Education, education, education. That's just all yes. what it's about right now if we're going to get this going. Yes, um, maybe close it out with not like, our, is the Banking Act going to pass? But do you mm. see any changes like in your little, your crystal ball kind of for <laughs> what's coming up on the horizon for, or just anything else, you know, that you're seeing in that world? Yeah, so you know, I think you know the safe banking bill. I think this is the ninth time it's trying to get pushed through, and uh, you know, fortunately, there is some bipartisan you know support for it. Um, I, I don't. Again, it's hard hard to say right. because it is the ninth time. Obviously, I'm extremely optimistic as I'm every time, but it's it's hard to say. But now, in terms of the crystal ball, I think, you know, this has certainly turned out to be a long game, right? I think, you know, the green rush where everyone was jumping in and money was just flying all over the place. I myself am an investor uh, in the space. I've got about 18, 19 investments. And um, I think we've come to realize like this is going to be a way longer game. 
Um, so it's really time to kind of hunker down and, and ensure that we're doing everything as an industry the right way uh, to support one another and the industry. And that's the only way to get through it. And, and I think, you know, we will eventually have a lot of, I think, great activity that will happen for this industry, whether it's on the federal level, safe banking, 280E, all these things that we need, it will eventually happen. But until then, we just need to get through. And, and I, you know, unfortunately, from COVID and even now because of the markets, you know, we've lost, I think, unfortunately, a lot of companies that just couldn't uh, weather the storm. But, you know, I think the industry is not going away. And so we just need no. to be very supportive of one another and, and get there. So, right. That's the key. Yeah. We have to, I feel like we really have to lift everyone up and help each other because everyone who's in the industry is so passionate about it more yes. than I, I know you hear that all the time, but it's really yes. true. And there's so yeah. many people struggling. And if we can just yeah. kind of put a hand out and bring that other person up, we're going to bring us all up. And it really is true. Yes. Um, so yeah. I, I hope, I hope that uh, that happens. And, um, and as a closing thought, Pam, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share yes, this. And I think and I alluded to this earlier. I think, you know, it's really important for obviously the industry to support one another, but I think this is where the compliance piece comes in because there are still, I think, what is it, 78 or 82%, I can't even remember the number of Americans now that want cannabis legalized, and yet it's still not, right? And I think because there are still folks that look at this industry as like the bad people or like the bad industry, and, and I think that's where compliance again can help. It's all about education, one, but two- Yes, and trust, but on showing folks that are not on board with cannabis that look, everything that government and you know governing authorities have put into place, we as an industry, we're following it, right? We're not the bad people. We're not trying to cut corners. We are trying to do everything the right way to help progress this movement. And I think uh, that's really important as well. And, and again, as I said earlier, compliance is like the least uh, you know, thought thought about area, but that is another way that we will continue to, you know, make this industry or push it ahead. Otherwise, you know, more we see in the news, bad actors or, you know, people getting caught for doing whatever the case may be, it just doesn't help us. So, oh, yeah. Somebody getting fined for a million dollars because yeah. of your, their bad right. behavior. Yeah, we don't need yeah. to hear that. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're and, absolutely right. Yeah, it's 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 all about risk mitigation for our industry. I think you know overall, um, and you mitigate risk and can get consumer confidence that you know everything is done by the book. And there's going to be at, at some point no reason for you know people in Capitol Hill to say like, look, we just can't avoid this anymore. You know? Yeah, and we and we mostly need government, you know, yes. government approval, government yes. trust at this point. That is the biggest thing that we need, and yes. that's what you, and that's what Simplifier provides. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, thank you. We'll end it with that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really nice to meet you. Likewise, Ben. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Scope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.